There are a lot of great books in the New Testament, but none of them quite do what the book of Hebrews does. It perfectly marries the Old Testament with the Gospels by showing the supremacy of Christ, and it also encourages believers not to abandon the faith. Though the author and the date that Hebrews was written is unknown, believers everywhere can be encouraged to run the race of unwavering faith and perseverance to the one who is far greater than the prophets, the law, and the angels combined. Join us as we take a hike through Hebrews. My name is Pastor Aaron. And I'm Pastor Leon. And we'd like to welcome you to Calvary's Compass. Alrighty, we are now picking up the podcast. This is the third episode. Um, we are in chapter four now. Um, we talked a little bit last time, you know, about about the the sons versus slaves, right? And you know, the the, the what God gives us as sons and daughters, you know, opposed to slaves. Um, and so the writer of Hebrews actually kind of starts talking more about the benefits of being a son and a daughter rather than a slave in this next bit of this of this um, letter that he's writing or she's writing. We're not sure, again, who the author is. Um, but um, so we're just going to kind of pick up um, um, the beginning of verse 4 starts with a therefore. So I'm actually going to go back to the end of verse 3. And read that and continue into verse, I mean, to chapter three and then then into chapter four. Um, So it says, for, this is chapter three, verse 16, for who were those who heard yet rebelled? Was it not those who left Egypt by Moses? And with whom was he provoked for 40 years? Was it not with those who sinned, whose bodies fell in the wilderness? And to whom did he swear that they would not enter into his rest? But those who were disobedient. So we see that they were unable to enter into rest because of unbelief. Chapter 4. Therefore, while the promise of entering his rest still stands, let us fear lest any of you should seem to have failed to reach it. So that's saying, you know, this rest that God has is still available for us. But we have to be on our toes and and, and not be a, it says fear, but it's not talking about a fear like that. It says, let us worry about those who have failed to reach it because they have f- not entered into God's rest. Therefore, it's, it's a sad day, you know, for, for Christians who, who do not find that rest that God has for them. And that's a very special kind of rest. Um, you know, the, 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 the Greek word for rest, um, in this context actually means to, to, to be led into a quiet dwelling place, to be still, to restrain, to desist, Mm -hmm. to take rest, to, to completely let go. And there's, there's this thing, you know, that all of us have, you know, it's fear, anxieties, worries, and, and we have a fear of letting things go. Absolutely, we do. We have a fear of, of, of letting things, you know, bother us. And, and, and so we, there's this rest that God has for each and every one of us that he wants us to enter into. But many of us fail to. And, and so this rest is available to us. Hmm. We have to access it, though. We have to have faith to access it. What is faith? 
faith, as we know, is pistes. It's total dependence upon Jesus. And so when we have that total dependence upon Jesus, we can then be allowing ourselves to enter into that rest that he has given because we know that he is in control. We, we, we allow him to take control and we take our hands off the wheel. That's the rest that he's talking about. Mm-hmm. It's giving God complete control of our life, of our agendas, of our whatever we're doing. We're, we're, we're stepping back so that way he can step forward and take the lead and we'll just, we're just going to follow him. And that's the kind of rest that I think that, that this is talking about. You know, there is a rest that stands. And, and for those who have faith, we can enter into that rest. But it takes true faith. And it's not, you know, a faith of like, you know, believing in this or that. It's, it's faith in trusting in the one who is leading you. Well, you know, what keeps poking out, and as you were talking, I was kind of doing some extra research on top of what you brought out in the Greek. And, you know, but what I keep hearing the Holy Spirit is my rest. Yeah, my rest. So so understand this, and this is what I'm hearing from the Holy Spirit. So we have our version of rest, and then we have God's version of rest. And and so when 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 God says my rest, it means that you have to trust that God is doing the things you can't see him doing. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I kind of feel like I'm preaching to myself yeah, in some areas. I'm, absolutely. Because we're all dealing with and, and restlessness, restlessness yeah. anxiety. I mean, that's one of the onslaughts of the enemy that's to attack in the body yeah. of Christ. <clears throat> and, and it really deals with the mind perspective. Yeah. But he says, my rest. And he says, you know, Jesus says, my yoke is easy. Mm, my burden, burden is, is light. light. That's God's rest. Yeah. That there's an interchange, an exchange that has to happen well, we're no longer leaning upon what we consider as rest. You know, I mean, think about it now. I mean, it's, it's wintertime. It's cold. Yeah. You know, some of you who are listening might be in the warmer areas. But here in Maryland, we're cold here. Yeah. It's freezing. It's cold. And, um, you know, today, today, you know, it's a little warmer today, but it's normally Typically, colder. it's colder. You know? Yeah. I, pr- previous week, the week of Christmas, mm. it was like below zero. It was like negative. It's cold. Cold. Yeah. It, but when we could think of rest... We think of, like, if I can go to an island where it's hot, the water is clear, and I'm sitting and I'm basking in the sun rays and I'm just enjoying, you know, ice-cold lemonade by my side, you know, my wife by my side. This is a typical part of rest, but here's the problem. I have been in those moments where I've gone to the blue waters and I've hit on the— it's nice. It's nice, but I'm never fully resting. Right. Because I know there's going to be an end. Right. That moment would not last forever. Right. But God is saying, my rest, this is something that he provides constantly that doesn't end. And in this context, it's talking about the Israelites from the wilderness going into the promised land. Correct. In the promised land, there was provision that was needed. Mm -hmm. Right. There was things that was needed for them, and they didn't have to work to get those things. No. There was already fruit. The land was already abundant, flowing with milk and honey. You know, and, and so they were entering into this place of rest and dependence, but they had to have faith to enter into that land. Right. Right. And so they they saw giants. They saw these obstacles in their way. Yeah. Which hindered them from entering into that rest. That's what we deal with today. But God squashed those yeah. giants 
one by one. Absolutely. And and so, you know, there are many things that, you know, God offers us this promised land of rest and 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 of of, of a land flowing of nutrients and, and and different things like that. But the problem is we are allowing doubt, fear, worry, anxiety, depression mm-hmm to get in the way of us experiencing that rest that God has set aside for us. And see, these are the distractions. And this is, mm. I mean, this is what the Holy Spirit has been speaking to us in our personal time. It's times. so ironic how when God reveals it to us in our personal time, it then comes out yeah. <laughs> oh, a couple days later. Right. And we're talking about it in podcasts, but these are the distractions that is happening in the body of Christ. And, 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 and so here, here's one thing that I studied. I, I started chasing the, this word down, root words, and it kept going, 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 going. The word anxiety or anxious and anxiety, it chases down to the word distraction. Wow. Yeah. So, so when you're dealing with anxiety, it's because you are distracted by the things you can't control. Yeah. Or the things that you're trying to maneuver into the point where you don't have this or you're wanting that or you're examining your life with someone mm. else. And then, therefore, anxiety starts building up because you, you don't feel that your life is worth enough yeah. compared to others. Well, they have this. I don't have that. How come I don't have this and they have this? What what makes them right. different than me? Right. And then that comparison game. But but God, that's not resting. No. That's not his rest. No. That is trusting in yourself right. to do the job. Right. Which that's not what we're called to do. No, and and you know the a generation in the wilderness had to die off, correct, before they were able to enter into the promised land because they didn't have the faith that it took, which faith means total dependence on God. Mm-hmm. They didn't have the faith that it took to enter into that rest, that land right. of rest, that land of provision. Right? There's a land for us that we can access right now. Right. Right. But we are allowing distractions to prevent us from going into that land of rest, that right. land that's overflowing with abundance. Yeah. And so, um, and you know, I struggle with this too, uh, almost every day, you know, we have to shut those thoughts down. We have to shut those thoughts that, you know, lead us down distracting paths, mm-hmm. you know, of comparison or worry or doubt Interestingly, when you're studying this, Hebrews commentaries does point towards Adam. Yeah. And, and you have to understand that the reason why commentaries brings up Adam is that Adam is experiencing rest but not relaxation in the garden. He's experiencing, Adam had a job to do. Right. And performing the jobs required in the garden, but he is in God's presence. He is in the garden where everything is ordered and at peace. He's experiencing God's rest. He's experiencing the peace of God, Yeah, the order of God. It, it, right. Everything is settled. There's no wondering what's going to happen tomorrow. Everything is settled. He still had a job to do. He still had a job. But what happened? Distraction came in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? The distraction yep. came in. Yep. And they started listening to distraction is a voice that speaks in the ear yeah. that pulls you away from the rest of God. Right. Then you don't experience the rest of God. I'm playing on words if right. you notice. Yeah. So so the you lose rest because you don't experience the rest. Right. So there's the distraction. Yeah. And this is what we're dealing with in the body of Christ. What the the enemy is doing is allowing you not to fulfill or to live out the rest of God for the rest of your life. Yeah. Material things is what it is. 
Yeah. I mean, I, when I was younger, I, I used to kind of get upset because don't break that, don't mess that up. But I'm at a point like, ah, that's replaceable. <laughs> you know? Right. You can't replace life, but you can replace things. That's true. But so you, being at rest with God is important. It's super important. Because here's the thing, like, you know, we tend to get overwhelmed by life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Therefore making us restless. You know, we meaning like we wake up in the morning tired mm -hmm. because we're worried about what's what's going to happen what what does the day consist of this that and the other yeah and we're not saying be naive and you know don't don't think about those right. things right you know if you got to go grocery shopping go grocery shopping if yeah. you got to get gas get gas Carry but, out your day but don't allow it to distract you and overwhelm you to the point where you're not experiencing the rest of god absolutely and, and that rest is trust. And I'm telling you, that is a simple word, but it's the most it's challenging to thing do. to do. Yeah. How am I going to trust God when I don't see the things he said he's going to bring? Right. How am I going to trust God for my kids, for my grandbabies, for my spouse? How am I going to trust God for my finances when my boss, the company, just let me go? Right. How am I going to trust God from the food I need when eggs is now $6? Which is crazy. It's crazy. But this is where we trust God in everything, mm. in all things. Well, I mean, you know, the Bible says that he prepared a place for us. Mm -hmm. That's a resting mm -hmm. place in his presence. Yes. You know, and, and, and this is, I think, where Christians sometimes get it wrong, right? We see this. And we go into his presence during prayer, Absolutely. during worship. You know, that's yeah. fine. Right. But there is a place where we can consistently, constantly abide in his presence and rest there, even while we're doing work, even while we're mowing the grass or while we're spreading mulch or while we're on our jobs doing what we're doing. Right. There's a place of constant dwelling with God, which is where we get the rest right. of God. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so... The rest of the picture. This, yes. I want, this is what we're trying to tell and you. It's a play on words. Yes. You're going to see the rest of the picture when you're resting in God. Right. Because you can sit back. Because think about this. When you are in a forest, mm -hmm. all you see is the trees. Yep. But when you take a helicopter ride above the forest, you can see the full picture. Yeah. And God's direction. Yes. God's guidance. And then everything falls right back in place. I mean, we were just experiencing some things like we were hitting walls. You, I mean, we, you and I were yeah. in the spiritual aspect. We were just like, what's going on? What were we missing? And all of a sudden, one thing, just God just snaps it open and then yeah. everything falls yep. in place. And we're like, ah, see now, I understand. I have a clearer picture. It's the unknown is what And oftentimes us. The, the restlessness yes. comes from a piece of the puzzle that's missing. Yeah. And you just, it doesn't settle. But it takes that pausing in his presence mm -hmm. that still small voice to hear what god is saying that hey this is missing or hey you need to fix this in order for you to experience that rest like with the israelites in the wilderness right they saw the giant but they didn't see the one who would conquer the giant absolutely and and it goes and we're, we can continue reading i think because yeah, yeah. i mean it goes to talk about joshua and i'll, I'll just continue reading until we get to that point because joshua led pillages against the giants Okay. Right? And so, so t check this out. So, um, verse two, for good news came to them, came to us just as it, just as it came to them. But the message they heard did not benefit them because they were not united by faith, mm. trust, dependence with those who listened for we who have believed enter that rest. Mm. As he said, 
I swore in my wrath that they shall not enter my rest. Those, he was talking about those that were in the wilderness, that right. died in the wilderness. Although his works were finished from the foundation of the world. Verse 4, for he has somewhat, somewhere spoken of the seventh day in this way. He's talking about this, the Sabbath. Right. And God rested on the seventh day from all of his works. And again, um, this passage, he said, they shall not enter my rest, since therefore it remains for some to enter it, mm-hmm. and for those who formerly received the good news, failed to enter it because of disobedience. Again, he appoints a certain day today, saying through David so long afterwards, in the words already quoted, today if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. Right? So people are asking, right, what day do we rest? Today is the day of rest. Yeah. Which day is today? Well, that's every day that you wake up. Right. You can experience that rest, not just on the Sabbath day, because check this out. The Jewish people were only limited to resting with mm-hmm. God on Shabbat, right. the Sabbath. Mm-hmm. That means they stopped doing their work. They mm-hmm. closed down all of their shops. They didn't even cook on the Sabbath. Right. Nope. And so they experienced the rest of God on that day of rest. But when Jesus came toward the temple you know, the temple curtain in half unleashed God's presence on the earth. Right. Today is now the day of rest. Right. Which day is that? That's every day. Right. I mean, that's one of the things I, I kept hearing the Holy Spirit uh, in my private times is th- this is the day of the Lord. And a lot of people think, well, which day is the day of the Lord? That's every day. That's every day. You're the, you're living in the season of the day of the Lord. That the things that the day that God says, this is the day that I'm going to do these things. You're in it. Yes. You're in that day. Yes. You're in that moment. Yeah. You're in that time yep. with God for him to do what he says he will do. Right. This shall come to pass. That's why he said, therefore, mm. since a promise remained of entering his rest, let us, you know, and he keeps yeah. going yeah, forward. Yeah. So so he's continuing un- to under- the understanding of this is that day of the day. Mm-hmm. This is the day of rest. This is the day that you cannot allow your mind to be worried, anxious, fear, fret, stress, Easier said than done. Mm, yeah, I mean, I, I bought the T-shirt. You, mm, you, you and same. me. You know, and and so, but this is the time. Hallelujah, praise God. Yeah, you know, God lifts the veil like mm. the veil was torn. He yeah. lifts the veil of unknown and uncertainty, and puts and clothes you. The mm. Bible talks about that you're clothed with righteousness. Yeah. He clothes you with trust, so you can trust. That's right. He he helps us put it on. Yeah. Like like a little child is trying to learn how to get dressed. <laughs> you help that child to get dressed. Right. And the child is dependent upon the parent to get them dressed. But they're wanting to get dressed. Yeah. They're wanting to do it on their own, but they yep. can't do it but all. But they can't do it yet. Right. And this is what he does. Right. So he is clothing us. He's mm-hmm. putting it on us. But it takes us to trust him to do it. Do it. Right. Right. And so there's this level of of rest that he wants us to enter in. And yeah. when is that? It's today. Today. It's tomorrow. This is the day. It's, it's, it's every day that you wake up and say, today I'm going to experience God's rest. I may not be able to handle tomorrow, but I will But that's why Jesus it. says, don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Right. I, I have to trust in the day that you've given me. And if I should live for tomorrow, then I'm going to repeat that. Yeah. I'm, I'm, you yeah. know what I'm saying? I'm going to keep trusting in God. I don't see the outcome. I don't see his hand moving, but doesn't mean he's not moving. I don't right. feel his presence. doesn't mean you're not in it. Right. And this is where we get sidetracked with dealing with our own feelings and emotions and our point of views. Right. They're really obsolete. Point of view is obsolete. Feeling yeah. is obsolete. Yeah. Trust is everything. Right. And this is where 
we're dealing with to trust God. Right. Now, ironically enough, um, and this just came to me. So you you said something about like you don't feel right. You know, people say, may say I don't feel like I'm getting God's presence. Right. There's this thing, and I'm gonna tie it all together here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's this thing called sensory deprivation. Mm -hmm. It's a it's a tank. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. Um, of 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 water and Epsom yeah. salt, right? And yeah, so yeah. what they do is they actually heat mm -hmm. the water to your body temperature. So when you lay in the tank, it doesn't. You don't feel the water touching yeah. your skin. You just feel, feel part like of floating. the water. Yeah. It just feels like you're floating in midair. Yeah. Right there, there is coming a time, I believe, where we are so in tune with the spirit Absolutely. and with God's river that we may be floating down the current, but we don't even feel it because we're our body is so accustomed and attuned to the temperature and the consistency of the river, right? That we don't even feel like we're on the in the river. Right. Right. And so there may be moments in life where I don't feel like I'm doing this. I don't feel like it's going that direction. But the truth of the matter is if you're floating in, in the river of God, right? You're you not know, you're already accustomed to you're what's already going accustomed on. to what's going on. You're already in his presence. You mm -hmm. don't feel like it because you're already your body's already accustomed to it. Now it's okay. Okay, here's here's I'm gonna uh, jump forward in your analogy. Okay, jump in a cold pool. Yeah. All right. You feel the shock of the temperature yeah. of the cold. Now it could be the air temperature may be 85 degrees, but the pool temperature could be 70, yeah. 72. Yeah. So it's not freezing. Right. But it's cold enough that you can tell the difference. Now, once you're in the pool and you're getting used to the temperature, check this out. You don't feel a difference until you step out of the pool and your body has right. to adjust to the air temperature. And then you try to get back in the pool and like, ooh. Oh, right. <laughs> or like when you get into a pool yeah, right? yeah, yeah. and then you go jump into a hot tub uh -huh. of a different temperature. It's like, whoa, that's a drastic that's, change. Yeah. And then when your body is accustomed to the hot tub, right. you go try and jump back in the pool. It's, it's mm -mm, cold. Yeah. Right? I'm one of them fellows. I don't do that. No, you don't. <laughs> but like, it's the same. You know, it's the same principle. Once right. we're in that flow in that river, you, you've become accustomed. There are going to be days where you don't feel it, but you just have to trust, trust that you're in it. Yep. And 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 I'm praying that this will minister to someone today because we know, because we we feel the challenge ourselves, and so we know you're challenged. Yeah. And 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 God wants you to hear His voice, and you may not think you're hearing His voice, but He's guiding you. Throughout your life right now, he's leading you. He's got you just got to trust in the Holy Spirit, his spirit living inside of you. The Bible says the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives inside of you. His spirit lives in you and trust that his spirit will guide you to the rest of God to find rest. Yeah. I want God. Will you well, if you want him? to experience the fullness of God, you must first learn how to trust and rest in him. Yeah. That he's in control and you're not. Oh, God, I only feel like I'm feeling a portion of you. Well, mm. you know, are you fully trusting? Right. The moment that you break down your walls, well, as it says here in, in, in verse 7. Go for it. Um, you know, we already read it. But today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. Mm. You know? So we, we, we can't become calloused and say, well, God, you get most of me. You know? If you want all of God and you want to enter into his rest, then you have to give him all of who you are. Well, that the inhibition to not give God all in some areas will affect your attitude, right? And it and okay, so even outlook, right? I want to word this right, you know. And we're not saying that you're doing it selfishly or no. it, it's it's out of fear. Fear, 
That's where it boils. We all deal with it. We, we're not sitting here behind a microphone saying, you're dealing with fear. We're not. No, we got our own. Yeah. We're dealing with our own stuff with God, and he's teaching us. That's why we're here doing podcasting through Hebrews, trying to help you say, we're learning, you're learning, we're doing this together. We're right. going to overcome this together. And the whole book of Hebrews is talking about dependence and faith. Yeah. Right? I mean, chapter 11, it talks exactly. about the heroes Dependable. of faith. You know, that's the that's the you know the the, the whole thesis of, of mm-hmm. what the writer is talking about. So it's talking about this faith, right? This dependence on God, you know, and 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 you know, we have to break down those walls. Yeah. And you know, well, you may be thinking, well, you know, why would God accept me after all that I've done? Mm, yeah. You know, and we were talking about with a church member on Sunday, you know. Yeah. Um um Peter was a was an angry guy. Yeah, you know Paul killed people. David had affairs. There yeah. are there are people who have done a lot of bad things that God still used, but they allowed God to enter into them right, right. fully and yeah. without hiding anything. And and you know you know it's not you know I heard somebody say you know you got to start calling sin a sin. I I I understand that theory and philosophy. Yeah. Because I believe we live in a world that doesn't want to be called spade a spade. But I am I am of the understanding, I think a lot of people know that when they're doing wrong. Right. A lot of people don't understand how to, to get it right. Well, people will also argue, well, their moral compasses have um, have been seared. You know, they don't have a moral compass anymore. Well, no, I don't believe that. I think, the, and, 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 and this is not putting the church down per se in whole. I do because I'm we're part of the church, so I'm I'm going to speak out on our behalf, and I know a lot of you have opinions. And we love to hear them, but in reality, what this boils down to is when when we center ourselves as the church, and write out all these expectations that we expect people to live up to, then we yeah. miss what God is expecting from us. Right, and we miss not just from us. But what God expected from others, mm, and, yeah. and and so when we skew the vision of expectation based upon man's expectation, then the people miss experiencing and encountering God right. the way we're supposed to be used to help people encounter Him. And it's not our job to judge. No, Mm-mm. I mean it's not our job to criticize. No, it's not our job to you know to bring the 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 justice. Mm-hmm. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. Mm-hmm. You know, and so. You know, when we when we allow God to bring the justice and the judgment, yeah, it's not going to look like how we want it to. Exactly. When the Messiah came, the Jewish people were expecting a military leader to take down the Roman government, and that's not what he came as. Mm-hmm. You know, and so, interestingly enough, we had a conversation with somebody that we know about Satanism, right? Yeah. And there is these seven tenets of Satanism that they live by, the Satanists live by, and and one of which is, you know, it encourages you to bring your justice and your judgment, right? Therefore, you know, well, what if my justice and judgment doesn't line up with your version of justice and judgment, you know? And it's not going to. What I want to see as justice is not what you're going to want to right. see as just there. I mean, there are people divided with, say, the death penalty. Some people say, yes, do it. Some people say, no, don't. And so, you know, um, my version of justice and your version of justice is different. And if we take what we want and we bring our justice upon it, 
right? Then it's not going to be holy. It's not going to be righteous. It's going to be what we want. Right. Which at its core is going to be, you know, Satanism. Yeah. And so that's why we cannot bring judgment, justice upon people um, who are maybe new to the faith or older in the faith. You know, we cannot bring justice and judgment upon them because, you know, they're working out their own salvation with fear and trembling. And I'm working out mine. Well, thank, and we th- can't cross that, you know? Thank God that if God gives us grace to understand how to work it out, because sometimes, meaning, think about this, if you're working it out, meaning you're trying to figure out how this works, and you're trying to understand it. So some people are trying to figure it all out yeah. anyway. So give them, give them some grace. Yep. Help them out. Yep. Be there when they yeah. need them. When they fall, pick them up. Yep. You know, and 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 can love them to Jesus every day, regardless if they don't match up to your expectations. Yeah. And and so you know, and that's okay. And and, and a lot of people may not agree with it, but yeah. I do understand in my personal life how that is important. That if I need grace. When I'm working things out in my mind and my heart, right? Then other with people the, do. But okay, so if you judge somebody with the same measure, you will be judged. Right. That means in the Bible, mm-hmm. right? There's always a counter opposite. Yeah. So if you judge, the same measure of judgment will be given to you. But if you give grace, that same measure of grace Comes will be back. given to you. It doesn't say that in the Bible, but but that's the way it works, it's right? The principle. It's the principle of it. You know, there always has to be a balance and, and that's how God balances out. Well, if you give judgment, then mm-hmm. judgment will be given back to you. Yep. But if you give grace and you give love and compassion with that same measure that you gave grace, love and compassion, he will give to you. Again, and I've said this before in our previous podcasts and because we've re- we repeat many, it. many, many, but I think you'll be surprised how many people are going to go to heaven I think with our mindset of churchology, if I can use that word, I don't know if that's a word, but I'm going to use it, make it up if I may. I don't know, maybe someone else has used it. Churchology, where we use our our theories and philosophies into the doctrine. You know, somebody had to create some of the doctrines we're living by today. Right. A man's done it. And you can't say God. Some of the things we've, we're living out thumb thumb thumping our right. Bibles with. Right. You, you know what I'm saying? It may not be in the Bible. <laughs> right. The way we really see it today. Yeah. And everybody's afraid to jump away because they're afraid that I'm going to backslide. Mm. You know, did you renounce Jesus? No. Are you, you know, just because man's theology says you've backslidden, if you have not rena- renounced Jesus. You know, well, what, what about, you know, how they live? Well, you should know what, their fruits of how they live. Well, sometimes, and, this, and I've said this before in the conversation, we've said this in our podcast, it's a misinterpreted identity. I think because um, people are trying to live up to other people's standards and are struggling doing that yeah. because it's a lot of work doing it, that, they're, that they have misinformed their identity of who they really are. If they don't know who they really are as an in their identity, then they're not going to live up to the expectation of who they really are. Right. They'll live up to people's expectations. So if, if I'm considered as a backslider or a heathen or whatever, then I'm going to live to that standard yeah. because that's what I'm classified and identified as. Right. But we're children of God. Then the, the next question that... Okay. The, you know, you go for person would say was where where's the line? Mm-hmm. Where's the line? And may I offer, it's not our job to draw that line. Mm-hmm. You know, 
Jesus didn't tell us to separate them. He said to draw all men. He'll, he'll, he'll do the separating on Judgment Day. And this is the line, okay? I want to help you out. Who does the condemning? Is it God? Does God condemn us? No, Satan is Satan the condemner. Is the, who does the convicting? God. God. So let God bring conviction, not condemnation. Right. Let God speak through each one of us and bring conviction in our hearts. Right. Now, this is going to just shake up everybody's religion. Mm. Okay? And This is interesting. Yeah, because both of us were going to jump on this. All my life I've heard of conviction. We, we, you know, we need to talk about conviction in the church again. Conviction. The, the actual. Do you have the actual meaning of the word conviction, Pastor? Yes, Ryan? sir. Conviction in the westernized version, our version, right? And just where you where you're look reading it right, from? Right. I'm 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 reading it from the Oxford Dictionary. <laughs> okay. Okay. A formal a formal declaration that someone is guilty of a criminal offense made by the verdict of a jury or the decision of a judge in the court of law. That's what we know as conviction. So conviction, it's about sentencing someone of a, of what they have done wrong. Right. In our terms. In our terminology. So when you so so when we as believers in the church say we need to bring conviction back, what you're trying you're now you're listen, now you're pointing fingers and you're saying, well, you're, you're doing this wrong, you're doing that wrong, you're doing this wrong, you're doing that wrong. But now let's let's bring out the terminology, the place of the verse. And what it actually means in the Greek, conviction. Right. So the Bible talks about in John 16, 8, it says when he comes that he will convict the world concerning the sins of righteousness and judgment. The word, the Greek word convict here does not mean the standard definition of what we believe it to mean. It does not mean a conviction of a jury or a law. It actually means to expose. Mm. Uh, it, it means to expose, to to convince through exposing. So conviction is not saying you're doing this wrong. Conviction, really the terminology we must use is God exposes what we're doing wrong. I mean, it's also used to to reprove, to correct. Reprove. In fact, the King James doesn't use the word convict. The King James actually uses the word reprove. Mm, interesting. So they, the King James already translated it correct. It just in translation gets skewed right. to convict. So this is where we get so conviction. This is and and this is tough for us because you know we see because our definitions aren't the w- definitions that the Eastern people, Mediterranean people use. Right. Right. When they read this stuff, like so, like the thing about it is that when we hear the word convict, we we see a, a guilty prisoner that they're they're known as a convict, right? Because they've been convicted of a crime, right? The, the biblical definition of conviction is an exposing. So mm-hmm. what God has exposed to me may not be what he's exposed to you. Well, the Strong's calls it uh, convince. Mm. The strong, one of the words the Strong's uses, convince. Wow. So, they say, so the Holy Spirit needs to convince us if we're doing something wrong— that we change. And what so is repentance? What is right, repentance? It's it's changing in the way that you think and the way that you act and the there way that is. you perceive. Mm-hmm. So 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 conviction has to do with change, convincing right. to change. Right. And it's and 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 it's these subtle nudges that you get where you think, "Oh wow, that wasn't the way that I should have done that." Mm. 
it's those rev- revelatory moments of like when you respond to somebody in right. a negative manner in a mean way. It's it's that nudge of saying, "Hey, that wasn't the right way." That is at its core the exposing. Right. That's that conviction, not in the sense of what we know it as, but now it's the exposing of God saying, "Hey, buddy, that's not the way that we should do." things and that's that nudging that we associate with the nudging of the holy spirit yeah of this you know i know i'm not doing right and that subtle voice saying this has got to change yeah and god's not here banging you upside the head with his bible that man wrote through the inspiration of the holy spirit i mean we're gonna get technical here church god terms yeah this is not what god is asking the church to do you're doing this wrong. You're doing that wrong. I grew up that way. I grew up in church, and God bless them because I think they had the right intentions. Right. I really do. I'm not busting those who went before me and 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 brought me to salvation through conviction. Right. They're convicting. Right. <laughs> you know, but it took through the, their conviction brought condemnation. Yes, and therefore I had to live up by rules and standards based on the church that I felt I couldn't keep up with. You've heard right. me talk about this before in podcasts. So these were rules I couldn't keep up with. And at 16, I gave up. Yeah. I, I didn't, I didn't listen. I never turned away from God. I never walked away from it. I never stopped loving God, but I couldn't keep up with the rules. So why try? Why try? And that's, that's being a convict. Yeah. You're in prison. Yeah. You're bound. You're not free. Right. But the, the convincing of the Holy Spirit to change, which is repentance. Mm-hmm. We change our direction. We change our outlook. We change our thoughts. I told you this is going to mess up some, some mainline theology. <laughs> well, we need to we need to bring the conviction of the Lord. We need to expose the enemy. Well, is it our job to really expose? Mm-mm. So all those people online exposing preachers, they're in the wrong. Yep. It's not our job to bring the conviction. Even mm. it's not our job to expose. It's our job to bring the message of love yep. and forgiveness. And, and I like you said it to me privately uh, the other day. You said that's, that is a Christian form of cancel culture. Yeah. When, when you got believers attacking churches, pastors, other believers, they're counseling culture in you in a nice way. Yeah. I don't, but that, but see, judge not, at least you be judged. Yeah. Forgiven, you will be forgiven. Yep. Give and you shall give. Good measure, pressed down. Shed. Yeah. Uh, this is this this is scripture, and, and 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 God is trying to correct through the Holy Spirit. He's trying to correct things that are skewed. He needs to be lined. convicting. He's exposing. That's he's, what he's doing. Yes, he's convincing us of our wrong. Yeah. And as a pastor of a church, you're of a pastor of a church. Yeah. We're pastoring this church together, as pastors of this church here at Mount Calvary and of our podcast listeners. We're pastoring you through this podcast. <laughs> we are through the Holy Spirit trying to teach us and convince us this is the better way. Yeah, and I mean, think about it. When Jesus gave the disciples and when He sent them out two by two, what was what were they? What was their mission to do? Go out, mm-hmm. heal the sick, yep. cast out demons, yep. and spread the good news of the gospel. He good didn't news. say go convict and condemn people, right. go expose them of their sins, go do this, that. No, bring them to me through love. I tell you, uh, some time ago, I'm, you were younger, I don't know if you remember this, um, we did an outreach when we were learning how to do a uh, salvational testimonial. You know, you go just do hit and run, so to speak. I vaguely remember this. We, as our church one year, 
about a dozen of us, we went out and we started witnessing our faith to people. We literally led 500 people to the Lord. Great. But guess what? Not one of them stepped foot in church. <laughs> and I mean, think about it. Okay. And this is, this is going to step on toes. Yeah. I've seen these videos on Facebook, on YouTube. What is the traditional way to evangelize? All right. So let me ask you, have you ever lied before? Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Have you ever stolen something? Yeah. You know, do you look at a woman with lust? Yeah. Well, now you've you've told me that you're a lying, adulterous, blaspheming, blah, 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 in need of a savior. And so you need to repent, right? Mm. You've seen those people do yeah. that on YouTube. Yeah. Well, I've even done it. Right, <laughs> right, right. And then you convince them to be saved. That's not the evangelistic message that no. the disciples were sent out with. They Their message was... The Messiah has come. Yep. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Yeah. The good news is here. Right. To me, that just sounds like bad news upon bad news. Yeah, well, I already know that. Oh, I, I need to get saved. Okay, it's fixed. I can move on. Okay, cool. Whatever. But if you can show them the love and the light of Christ, mm-hmm. right, through your life, through your actions, through who you are, right, and you show them this better way, this good news, it's good yeah. news for a reason, right, you know, then he will draw. If I be lifted up, I will draw yes. all men unto me. If yes. we lift up Jesus, because yep. think about this in the evangelistic message, who who are we talking more about? We're talking about you and your problems. Mm-hmm. We're talking about what you've done. Yep. You, 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 you. When does Jesus come into the picture? If you start the message off with Jesus, 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 and how good he is and how gracious he is and how even though we may mess up, guess what? He still forgives. Yep. That's a more impactful message to Absolutely. me. And, and so, so I know. I mean, listen. This is still dealing with the rest, right? God's rest. Yeah. Because when we try to take matters in our own hands and yeah. try to make people browbeat them to Jesus, right. fear monger them to That's Jesus. That's what it is. It's fear mongering. Then, then we're we're not helping the situation. We're, we're not hurting spreading. the kingdom. We're tearing down the kingdom instead of spreading the good news. Right. We're dividing the kingdom. Mm-hmm. And God needs us to spread the good news. He needs us to learn to rest in him and let our life shine through with yeah. Jesus Christ, that we love people where they are, not make them try to make them change or, uh, you know, I'm, 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 yeah, as a pastor, you don't hear pastors talk about this, but I, I'm, I'm going to tell you, I, I'm not going to do this so you can go to my church. No. You know, I did a funeral not too long ago. That affected the whole community, but not one time did I say you need to come to my church. Not that, not that they didn't, didn't think they could come to my church. You know, they couldn't come or whatever. My job was not to advertise my church in a grieve setting. Right. My job was to share the love of right. Jesus Christ in the grieving yeah. process. Yeah. It was a massive number of people. You there. stepped backward and pushed Jesus pushed to the Jesus forefront. Yep. forefront. And that he calms the storms in our yeah. lives. He gives he us does. peace. He does. And, and and this is what we do. It's not about our agenda. And that's what the problem is. We are pushing our agenda still to this day and not a pushing Jesus' agenda. Yeah. It's all about him. We're the modern day Pharisees. Unfortunately. Unfortunately. So there has to be a shift. Yeah. You know, and how do we make that shift? And honestly, if you think about it, you know, it's just entering into that rest of God, yeah. th- into that into that rest, right? And he does the work. 
for salvation. He does the work in our life, not us. So we have to let go and let God take control. And not just let him take control is that we it's also that we have to learn our place. Right. In this kingdom um, that we're living out. Right. And like this is not meaning to be rude, but I'm not God. Oh, You're not. not God. So why? So if, why are we taking his job as judge? Right. And we can't. Now, we're not here to offend you. No. Who, those who may do it are still doing this. But I'm not here to tell you you're going to hell. No. But my job is to convince you to want to go to heaven. Right. I know when I've done wrong, and I feel like crud when I know I've done wrong. Right. My attitude, my actions, my responses. And fundamentally, I believe people know when they're doing wrong. We all have this moral compass. Yeah. Um, but, you know, there comes a time because of the church, because of the conviction the westernized version and the condemnation that the church brings where people fear that they're too far gone. Mm. So just out of curiosity, when you, when, when the Bible talks about back in Hebrews four, nine and 10. Yeah. So it says, so then there remains a Sabbath. We haven't rest. gotten there yet. Okay. Let me read because it. I, yeah. Go ahead. Let's read that real quick. Uh, for Josh, for if Joshua verse eight had given them, rest god would not have spoken on another day later on so then there remains a sabbath rest for the people of god for whoever has entered god's rest has also rested from his works as god did from his let us therefore strive to enter that rest so that no one may fall by the same sort of disobedience let okay. me keep on reading or is that good no, that's good that's good so that rest um, is so just we're just going to talk out loud here that rest is it associating to rest from what Moses received the laws is there an implication towards that I believe so yeah I mean because he's talking about Joshua yeah okay so he said if if you know if Joshua had even given them even up until God, yeah even up until Jesus, they still have the Sabbath day implemented as once a week. Right. Whereas now it's saying today is the day of rest, meaning every day is the day of rest. So you're resting in God and not, and so he's giving you a rest from having to fulfill the laws. Yeah. That's expected. Do right. you, do you see where this is going? Right. Because now we're not so stressed of having to entertain all right. the roles that's expected. Because it's going to say later in Hebrews, Christ was the ultimate sacrifice. Mm -hmm. You know, um, and so, you know, he was perfect. Yeah. Because he knew that we weren't going to be. Right. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. I mean, but with the same judgment, that's why he says with the same judgment that you judge others, I will judge you with that same measure. Mm. Right. And so with the same grace that you give others, I will give you that same grace. You know, God knows we're not going to be perfect. That's why we have to know that, you know, other people aren't going to be perfect. Other people aren't going to be where we are. We can't judge because we will be judged then for all the sins that we committed. And, and check this out. Just jumping back what we're speaking on the rest, so the Sabbath, and we clarified this in the beginning part of our podcast segment, that the rest on the Sabbath by Jewish customs and laws is you don't work, you don't do anything. Right. So what he's saying is we are at rest with the works. Yeah. That's required. So so this see, mm, 
this speaks volumes to me today. Yeah. This is a wonderful, wonderful podcast segment because because now this solidifies everything that we God has been opening up to us past two years privately. Yeah. That that these are things that God is asking us that you don't worry, you have to lean you don't on self justification. Drive. You don't have to do anything like that. Your works, is, your good deeds, is not good enough. Right. You now can be at rest. Yeah. From having to perform and having to worry, am I going to hell today? Am I going to do that? You know. Yeah. And, and like, cause like as a kid, you know, I, I repented in, and I I, so said, I I said the sinner's the sinner's prayer <laughs> maybe fifty times a day. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But I may, there, I, I may have walked up at eight years old, got saved, but I got I got saved many times after eight years old. Right, <laughs> right, right. And you never renounced Jesus. No. I mean, that's the thing. But that's it's the like, religion. Well, you know, you got to you just sin. Now you got to start back over and start all over again. Right. And this is this is the same thing that we've been circling around for the past yeah. two years now. It's like you don't start from the beginning. No. What if what if the finish line is the beginning line, the starting line? Yeah. It's the same line, same you know, line. and so all you have to do is stand still. You know what I'm saying? Stand be in that. Be still and know that I'm be God. Be still and know. And so this rest that Jesus is talking about, man, it's it's so much deeper, mm-hmm. you know, but yet it's still so surface. Yeah. Because on the surface, it sounds easy. Don't worry. Don't, you know, you don't have to worry. You don't have to fear. You don't have to worry if you're going to heaven or hell. Just follow me. But then in the day-to-day practice, it's like, there's so many other, <laughs> there's so many other, um, you know, obstacles yeah. and, and other things that get in the way, and and, and you know, and, and the anxiety comes, the right. fear comes, and it's harder, yeah, to not fear than it is to fear. Yeah, it's harder to not have, have anxiety than it is to have anxiety. And so, you know, with that being said, you know, the only thing that we have to do. It, to enter into this rest is to just trust, which is easier said than done. Yeah. He doesn't ask us to work hard. He doesn't ask us to do anything. All he asks us to do to enter into this trust is to have faith. Right? To enter into the rest, all you have to do is have faith. That's what he said at the beginning in chapter four. You know? And so the striving here is not talking about working, working, working. The striving is striving to hold on to your rest. dependence. Yep. Look at verse 11. Read verse 11. Yeah, let us therefore strive to enter that rest that way none may fall by the same sort of disobedience. There What's the is. disobedience? The lack of faith. Right. Like Darth Vader, I find your lack of faith disturbing. <laughs> right? <laughs> and so it's like, you know, what is the lack of faith? It's the lack of trust and dependence. Yeah. You know, so it's either you fully 100% trust in God or uh-huh. you don't. Mm-hmm. There is no double-mindedness here. No. And then now plug in verse 12. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing between the division of soul and spirit, joint and marrow, and the discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Wow. That... That speaks volumes. Yeah, because that's what he does. This is when you learn to rest in God, he, he, go ahead, finish it. No, you, you go ahead and then I'll, then I'll pick up what I'm getting. When you learn to rest in God, you'll, you'll understand that all the other things are non-necessary, that you are now allowing God to do the things inside because he convinces you. Right. Not with condemnation. But to make changes in your heart with his word that he speaks in your heart. Mm. Discerning the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. There it is. 
if you're a man or woman after God's heart, mm-hmm. he knows your heart. You may make mistakes. You may fail. You may fall. Mm-hmm. But he knows your heart. Well, look at verse 13. Man. Read it. And no creature is hidden from his sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. There it is. So he sees it all. Right. And knows it all. So that means if I make a mistake, I don't start from the beginning because he sees my heart. Yeah. You just keep going. He knows my heart's intentions. Mm-hmm. He knows the intentions of the heart. And therefore, if you have this amazing presence outside, you're doing all these wonderful works for people, but your heart is evil and yeah. deceitful. Well, Jesus talks about this. He can divide those works, those yeah. good works, and say, but at your core, at your heart. Your, your true intentions meant well. Right. Right. For God. Right. Okay. Here, okay. That philosophy, when you fall, you got to start all over. Okay. If you are screwing in with four screws, um, a screen door. Okay. Okay. You, there's there, Screen doors has, can, you can have two to three latches, hinges. Okay. It's auto pins, what you're putting in. Or even a natural door has two hinges, and there's screws in the door, and there's screws in the jam. Okay, now what happens? You're screw you you screwed in the top part. Now it's holding in. You're screwing in the bottom uh-huh. hinge. And you're getting ready to screw in some more, but you've dropped three screws. You don't start from the beginning. You sure you don't unscrew it all and start no. all over again? No. What do you do? You pick up the screws and you just continue where you left off because it's still held in the place. That's where. We are in the walk with God. Just because you may drop something in your walk doesn't mean you have to stop, undo everything, and start out over. Right. Pick it up, keep going. That's redundancy. Mm-hmm. Why undo the work that you've already done? Yeah. I mean, I can go further and deeper. That That's really good. would mess us up. It would mess us all up if, we, if I go further and deeper on this. <laughs> Because I think my the listeners now may not be ready to hear what we got to say, but <laughs> but, but it, I'll be honest with you, we we have to not mm. worry about what we drop. Just pick it up and keep going. Right, keep we going. We can sin. We can make mistakes. On you know, but like here's the thing. If your heart is truly after, look at David. Okay, mm-hmm. look at David. David was a man after God's own heart. He had an affair. Oh, come he on, he killed a woman's husband. Lord Jesus. <laughs> his heart was still inclined towards God. He knew David's heart was still after him. Okay. Paul, a murderer. Mm. Okay. But you talking about this at the beginning of the podcast. We talked about this at the beginning of the podcast. God tied it back together. He tied it back again. Second Timothy 4, 7 says, Paul says, when his death, he's getting ready to die. He says, I fought the good fight. I finished the race. I have kept the faith. Mm. Didn't say he has, it was all perfect. No. He had his issues. Even still in faith, he still had his issues. But he kept the faith. Why? God knew his heart. Yeah. He didn't have to stop and start all over again. God knew his heart. He wasn't condemned. He was convinced Mm. to do right. Wow. And I think this is where we are. We have to constantly, daily, to allow ourselves to be convinced that I'm going to do right today. And if you look, just like any diet, we start in the new year. <laughs> you're going to mess up. But does it mean one, you might have hit one wrong meal or wrong one wrong snack? Doesn't mess your whole diet doesn't, up. If you, lose, listen, if you lose weight, say you lose 20 pounds mm-hmm. and you eat wrong once, you're not going to gain those 20 pounds back no. in one meal. Mm-mm. No. It's it's when you think in your head, well, I've done messed it up. Well, I try. Well, I mean, I, I get into this. 
<laughs> we <laughs> all do. <laughs> but that's what I'm talking about because we're all doing it. I mean, oh my goodness. I mess up one meal. So, well, I might as well just eat trash yeah, the rest of the day. Finish it off. But sometimes messing up one meal is better than messing up all day. Yeah. You understand? So you pick it up. Okay, I messed it up. So I got to get back on track. Yep. Yep. And, 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 and this, but this is where the rest comes in though, right. right? This is where it comes in. It's like, if I'm truly trusting and rest, resting mm-hmm. in God, then I don't have to worry right. about if I've done something wrong. Right. I don't have to worry about what my neighbor is doing wrong. Mm-mm. I don't have to worry about anything. All I have to do is just trust that God is in control of my life. Mm-hmm. He's in control to forgive me, to give me grace. Yep. I don't have to worry about that stuff. Yeah. All I have to do is just lean in and trust. Now, I'm not saying you can go murder somebody. No, of course not. I mean, God loves you the same, but, you know. Right, there's going to be consequences, you know, naturally to your actions. To your actions. Yeah. yeah. You know, but, you know, there are people in prison that are on death row that they've killed somebody. They've accepted Christ into their heart. God forgave them. But still there's consequences. There's still consequences to your actions. And you can't deny them. Right. And so, you know, with that being said, you know, there is an obligation that we have as followers of Christ to have this total dependence upon Jesus. And this is going to be a recurring theme throughout all of Hebrews is this faith, faith, faith. Faith is the substance of the things hoped for. That's yeah. Hebrews, right? Evidence of things not yet seen. You know, but what does that faith look like? And this is why this author is building these layers of dependence, right? He's building these layers because, you know, you have to learn how to rest, how to trust, how to do all these things in order to succeed in the kingdom of God. You know, there's going to be things that's going to come up in your life. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to fail. But don't allow that to set you back. Trust in the one that has freed you. Trust in the one that holds forgiveness and righteousness in his hand. You know, and so just put your dependence, put your trust, put your faith on him. Let him do what he does best. So that way you can do what you do best. We want to thank you for tuning into Calvary's Compass today. We, if you like what you heard, share us on Facebook, YouTube, wherever you want to share it, share it. Um, you know, and support us, follow us, um, allow us to keep on doing this. We enjoy doing this. But if you like what you heard, check us out on MountCalvaryCog.com. Um, again, on Facebook, we're on Facebook. But thank you for tuning in. God bless, and we'll catch you next week. See ya.